Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bob Stoffer, Rogers Place. Reminder, tonight you will need a QR code, your provincial QR code to get into the building to have uh, proof of vaccination. The Edmonton Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets, a rematch. The Jets dominated the game the other night. Uh, And to talk about the Winnipeg story, we're going to bring back to the show uh, one of the Athletics' best young writers, Marat Atesh, who is joining us here on Oilers now. I I think I get 20 bucks every time I do that. Marat, what do you think? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I got a slippy one for uh, for the nod at the rink the other day. You've been so kind to me, so uh, so thank you, and we'll make the arrangements. Well, usually I'm guilty of being uh, hard on the writers. So uh, anyhow, look, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, I'm reading a piece here that you've written today. Uh, I'm not sure if you uh, – it's on the Athletics website. We can be a different team this year, how the Jets can turn a good start into a great season. When did you pen this piece? That was largely over yesterday, and yeah, that was a yesterday piece, really. Okay. I'm going to play you what Dave Tippett said because he was asked today what happened after the Oilers won the six straight games in the regular season last year against Winnipeg, and what has changed to now, and here was his response. You're going to find this interesting. Winnipeg changed their whole game last year. I think we'd beat them a few times in a row. There was a game in there that we, I think we'd won five or six, one or two or something. They've changed their whole game since then. They've gone to a very uh, safe, controlled game. They put pucks in. They don't take chances. There's not a lot of lateral plays. And they make you earn everything you get. And the other night, we gave up two goals early. You get chased in the game, you got to take some chances. Now, it's going to be a tight game. It's a low event, tight game. And if you open up or if you have breakdowns or you end up chasing the game, the game looks different. So they've played a different game since late in the, late in the season last year to, to now. And that's, that's the change in, the change in you, what you see in the series between us. All right. Uh, I'm going to, because you reference in your piece that Winnipeg's strategy was to back off McDavid and dry settle, uh, especially through the neutralized area, playing a collapsing and conservative 1 2 2. And the Jets did win all four games, despite the fact, Moret, as you know, the Oilers had the lead for 60 of the minutes in the series, the Jets for 20. Oh, by the way, Hellebuck had a 950 save percentage. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, you know, I picked the Jets to beat Montreal. And that ended in a hurry. And my theory on Winnipeg, you tell me, are they an emotional team or are they less emotional now and a more mature team? Because to me, I've always found them to be a somewhat emotional team. And I think we saw a bit of that 
early in the series against Edmonton, they gained some positive energy, and obviously game one against Montreal when Shifley took himself out of the series negative energy. Yeah, you know what? I think last year they would have been an emotional group, and I don't know if that's something universal because they were so isolated due to all the COVID restrictions and things like that. But I thought that they banded together quite a lot. At some times they got bristly with us and the media, but I really got a sense that they were tied together emotionally last year, probably more than at any point that I've ever seen. What I see this year so far getting back into the room, Bob, is is uh, is just a sense that everybody feels good. And I don't know if that's a Nate Schmidt, Brendan Dillon positive vibes thing, if it's having you know a slightly closer version of real life to what it used to be. But there's this sense of like this mature confidence and, and also of joy being around the, the Jets players this year so far, I would say. So I think there's, there might be something to what you're saying, but it's, it's leveled off. There's a real maturity to it this year, I would say. How about this? How about they know they have a way better team? Because they've added... Schmidt, who is a legit top four defenseman, and Dylan, who gives them a physical dimension as well. I mean, they're playing DeMello and Logan Stanley. Logan Stanley could play more minutes. They're bringing him along slowly. I mean, that's that's a, you know, Morrissey, Schmidt, Dylan, and Pionk, Stanley and DeMello. That's a pretty good defense. Yeah, it's the biggest need that Winnipeg had heading into the offseason. And it's been the biggest need since Dustin Bufflin's departure that season where there were so many exits from Winnipeg's defense. All of a sudden, it's fixed. And not only do you have Nate Schmidt back close to the top of his game, he was so good in Vegas for so long, he didn't really work out in Vancouver, but he's been playing well. Brendan Dillon is a top-four defenseman. Well, you know what? Quietly in all of this, Winnipeg got a third upgrade to top-four defense, and that's Josh Moore who's having just a, a strong season from day one of camp. You know, I wrote about it. He looked faster, more authoritative. He's scoring on the power play. He's playing a stronger defensive game. Last year, outside of a few shifts where he spent with Dylan DeMello and the year before, Josh Morrissey got buried in his own zone. That's absolutely not happening right now. So then you get to Stanley and DeMello on that third pair. Well, Winnipeg's upgraded the single most important place it needed to upgrade, and they were a reasonably good team last year too. I mean, flawed, sure, but they had a lot of things going for them, especially Connor Hellebuck. And, well, as, as Oilers fans would have noticed the other night, he's still good. Yeah, yeah he's a, I mean, he's a Vezina Troy. He's a top-five goaltender in the league. They've got a vastly upgraded uh D, and their second-line center, uh, did the invasion of the body snatchers take place? Because he looks like a completely different guy this year than he was last year in Winnipeg. Yeah, imagine that. I mean, I think a lot of us were calling for a slight bounce back with Pierre-Luc Dubois. You know, where there was an acknowledgement, two weeks in quarantine, he gets hurt maybe two, three games back into his return, misses some more time, gets hurt towards the end of the season as well. It was a really bad year for Pierre-Luc Dubois on a lot of fronts. Um, So he has the off-season of his life, but everybody says that they do. You know, over the summer, you get back into camp, everybody's in the best shape they've ever been in, right? Um, As it turns out, he's been a force for Winnipeg, an absolute force, a 200-foot force at that, too. You know, he's playing a clean game in his defensive zone. He's the guy that Paul Maurice tapped to play minutes against Connor McDavid the other night, and he's been playing that kind of matchup, playing with Kyle Connor, now Blake Wheeler's on the right wing, and Dubois suddenly is a point-per-game player. He has nine goals, six assists, 15 points. He scored eight goals for Winnipeg all of last season. 
Like, talk about night and day in terms of a transformation. And it's not puck luck. The guy is genuinely looking like a bull out there. He's turning the corner on guys. Yeah. He's dropping the shoulder. It's a good-looking version of Pierre-Luc Dubois so far this year. Well, he was running around. I mean, I thought Winnipeg took some physical liberties on Edmonton the other night. Dave Tippett talked about a lack of energy. Uh, the Oilers didn't have much of a response. The Jets made it difficult. I know you you wrote in your piece that they backed off him a bit uh, in the in the playoff series. Our, the fans here would suggest they got away with some things in the playoff series because it's playoff hockey, specifically the the Winnipeg D on cycles and that sort of thing against McDavid and Drysaddle. But did you notice the physicality that the Jets uh, played with on Tuesday night? Absolutely, and it's it's funny. I. I spoke to Neil Pionk when Winnipeg first acquired him from New York, and I had seen a clip of Chris Kreider, his old teammate, saying, you know what, Neil can be a pretty nasty guy, a pretty violent guy. And I asked Neil about this, you know, and he said, yeah, you know what, I have a bit of a temper. I, I can get pretty physical out there. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, yeah, you're 5'11", whatever number of pounds. Like, there, there's no way. I was so skeptical of it. But it seems like not only is he a more physical player than I thought, he saves his most violent games for against the Edmonton Oilers. And I, I have no doubt in my mind that all the various hits and, you know, hip checks and things like that that he's thrown on Edmonton in the last little while played into a frustrated Connor McDavid's shoulder going into his, uh, into his chops the other night as well. You know, I have so much empathy or sympathy at least for Connor McDavid not getting calls as a general rule, but I thought that was a sign that maybe uh, Winnipeg's physicality had kind of gotten to him. Maybe there had been some things that Jets had gotten away with that he hadn't liked because I didn't like that play from 97. Well, the other part of it is, why is it McDavid that's having to do it, right? Like, <laughs> why is he the one that's being exasperated and having to retaliate and, and go back? Where is that from some of other, you know, some of the other Oilers players? And, and maybe the, the the argument would be that they just don't have that right now. Like they're they're down a couple. Th- Josh Archibald, who did a number on Pionk a few years ago in a scrap, uh, that you know he's he's a loss for this team. Uh, five on five play. You know the numbers on Edmonton. It's interesting because Paul Maurice talked about their zone time, but you did a fair amount of work on the zone time in your piece on the Jets as well. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because when you upgrade the defense like Winnipeg has done, and not just from a, a getting the stop, shutting down the cycle solar sort of perspective, but Dylan and, and Schmidt especially, and with Morrissey playing as well as he is, they're moving the puck really well. You know, you're not getting them hemmed in in their own zone for long stretches of time, like I would say Edmonton did to them for long stretches in the playoffs. You know, it doesn't really look like that in Winnipeg right now. So what you're finding is that, not only are they moving the puck well, they're getting rush chances. They score on the rush. Kyle Connor in particular is a deadly player off the rush. But now they're spending more time in the offensive zone. And that's what Paul Maurice likes to measure his team by. Zone time, not just being there, but having the puck when they're there as well. And for me, that kind of gives Winnipeg a problem that they didn't even have last year. They didn't hem teams in their own zone last year. So a lot of their rush, sorry, a lot of their offense was just off the rush. It was just within the first few seconds of getting in the zone. And if you stopped them, then you'd stop them forever. Now they're getting second chances. They're winning pucks on the boards. You have a Pierre-Luc Dubois who's holding pucks off on the cycle. Blake Wheeler hasn't scored a lot, but I mean, he's playing strong in that regard as well. And now it's as if they, they've sometimes forgotten how to drive the puck from a cycle to the middle of the ice creating something particularly dangerous. It's a good problem to have because it shows an improvement. They're there a lot. Um, but I think that's the next step that, that Winnipeg can get to uh, if they continue to progress because I think the pieces are there and, uh, and they're getting those, uh, those opportunities and that zone time. 
From the Athletic in Winnipeg, Moret Atesh, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. All right. So all these positives, and I'm sitting here looking up. There's one stat that's glaring, and it had, and it's sort of part of the, the story for tonight's game involving uh, any time Connor McDavid plays. Why is the Jets' penalty killing so bad? What happened there? <laughs> it really is. It's strange. It's a good contrast, too, because I'm talking so much of the positives. It's been close to the bottom of the NHL for the entirety of the season. At the beginning, it seemed like they couldn't win a face-off. Then they started to win the occasional face-off, get the occasional clear. Um, then for a while, it seemed like every time that there was a, a shot and a rebound in front of Connor Hellebuck, you know, Winnipeg was second to the puck. If they did get on the puck, they couldn't clear. They were just spending such a disproportionate amount of time actually killing the penalty instead of getting that long clear and then forcing a, uh, or being able to create a, a line change. So for me, it's been a little bit of everything at all times. You know, like you'd expect... A guy like Brendan Dillon, Neil Pionk, uh, Dylan DeMello, and Logan Stanley do a lot of the penalty killing. And you would expect them to be able to box out and win those battles. I think early on it was a struggle. They're getting a little bit better. But as you saw how clinical it was for Edmonton the other night, it's not fixed. You know, there's a little bit of slowness. There are seam passes beating Winnipeg's forwards, uh, like on Edmonton's five-on-four goal. Or, sorry, five-on-three goal, I think it was. Um, there, there are just so many different little ways that Winnipeg's PK is getting beat. And then I don't think Connor Hellebuck has, has made as many saves as he traditionally does. So if you're asking how to fix it, Bob, I have no idea because I think there's just so much that's not working. All right, well, how much of it's just the change of personnel, right? I mean, did they not have uh, Lewis there last year killing penalties and uh, Nate uh, was it Thompson? Uh, like. Yeah, you know, Lowry's killed penalties for a while, but they've they've got different personnel up front as well. I think that's got to be a bit of a factor. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Cop and Lowry have been sort of the stables for a long time, and then other different pairings that have worked. You know, you had Matt Hendricks and Brandon Tanev for a while, where. Um, they sort of play this two-forward stack, or the wedge plus one that some people call it, where the guy that's really high in the zone has so much, they have so much ground to cover. Yep. And often with Brandon Tanev's speed, Winnipeg was able to cover more ground and, and sort of get to more pucks and take time away from, from teams. I don't think that's happening anymore. Cobb and Lowry are still pretty good, um, but then you're right. There's been kind of a revolving door of who those other pairings are, and I don't think Winnipeg quite has its answer. They brought in Riley Nash. He hasn't been great at it. So far, Dominic Toninato gets some shifts. Cal Connor gets some shifts. Uh, I don't think that it's a, it's a solution there. And I, I mentioned seam passes back when Winnipeg had Tanev and Hendricks and things like that and, and that speed. They didn't really get beat through their, their formation, particularly often with those passes. They didn't give up too many of those clean one-timers. They're getting beat that way in a way that they never used to do. And I, I think that's a bad sign, probably because, like you say, you know, that personnel's changed, and then I think it's getting slower, too. All right. Very quickly, uh, Marat, the Oilers have got three uh, first-round draft choices. Borgo's tearing up the Quebec League. He's leading the league in scoring. He's going to be in the AHL next season, a chance to make Team Canada this year. Dylan Holloway and Philip Broberg both could be potential additions for Edmonton by, say, March, like after the Olympic break. Holloway's obviously got to get back up and playing. I know a lot of the players are pretty big on him. Um, tell me about uh, first-rounder Chad Lucius, along with, uh, I guess, more specifically, Cole Perfetti and Billy Hanola. I don't know if Hanola is going to find a place in this Winnipeg defense, but when does Perfetti make the jump from uh, the Manitoba Moose to the Jets? 
Oh, man. Cole Perfetti and Chaz Lucius, who, who sees my fall a little bit less, he's playing in college. Both of those guys fell just a few extra spots in the draft for Winnipeg to be able to, to kind of pluck them up. They were sort of those consensus. Cole Perfetti was ranked top five. Winnipeg got him at 10. That was a nice look. And I think... You know, what they're looking for from Cole Perfetti right now, he played his first couple of games in the NHL to start the season. He largely looked productive with the puck, and then I thought maybe the pace was getting the best of him. He had a great debut AHL season last year. He's still just 19. He's world junior eligible. I think they just want to see him continue to excel at that AHL level for, you know, a solid full season. They could call him up, um, but I think it's still a little bit early on in his career for that. He's playing enormous minutes with David Gustafson, who's an important prospect for Winnipeg as well. And the Moose are stacked in a way they haven't been in years. I think the Jets are really looking for a playoff push from the Manitoba Moose, and I think they want some of their young guys playing a major role. Meanwhile, you got Ville Hainala, a point-per-game defenseman, or pardon me, at 10 points in 11, in 11 games. I think he's flirting with too skilled for the AHL right now, and I think that that's going to be an issue because Winnipeg's upgrades to that top six we talked about, a lot of those guys are under contract for years. So I'm not sure how and when Ville Hainala breaks, breaks that barrier. He's so skilled. He's so smart. He's not a particularly big guy, but he's a little bit dirty, which helps him out for sure. And his exit pass is like we were talking about, which is so important for Winnipeg right now. I mean, he's a zone exit clinician. He's, he just puts on clinics out there for that. He's a special player, but I don't know when his time, I don't know when Cole Perfetti's time comes either. It could be all the way into next season for all I can tell from here. Great stuff. Great perspective on the Jets. Much appreciated. Moret will touch base down the road. Thank you so much, Bob. Thanks for having me. You bet. From the athletic, Moret Attach. He's our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. Saw Trent last night. Just might be the best you've ever tasted. Wilhock Beef Jerky. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline from the App Store. Stoffer Recommendation Mediterranean Chicken. We'll come back with this day in Oilers history when we return in Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. One fifty-four in Edmonton. Let's go to the Steen Oilers history. Uh, New West Travel will be announcing something next Tuesday that you can be a part of. We got a Seattle trip next week. Something in the second half of the season that a lot of people would be stoked and pumped up to be involved with. Uh, we're going to go back to two thousand six. A big part of the show. This guy knows how to operate the board. I never learned how to do that. Brendan Escott. 
2006, uh, it was a rematch of the first round of the previous year's playoffs. The uh, the Oilers downing the Detroit Red Wings 4-3 at Rexall Place thanks to two two-point games from uh, Rafi Torres and then Joffrey Lupul. Uh, Dwayne Rolison stopping 38-41 of 41 in regulation. In overtime, Torres scored the shootout winner in a seven-round thriller. Well, it was a heck of a party that night in Edmonton. All right. Uh, Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets tonight, 5.30. Face-off show. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, and myself, all part of the Oilers Radio Network, 7 p.m. puck drop. And again, uh, Cam and me, Robin Reed on the Oilers radio side. Television will be Louie uh, with Jack, Gene, uh, Joaquin Gage. I'll be making an appearance as well. Tomorrow, Elliot Friedman, courtesy of Mid-City Construction and... Sportsnet Smart Spectre for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Reminding you, live standard red racing returns to Century Mile Racetrack November 20th. Watch and wager online at hbibet.com. We will also tell you we're working on two more guests for tomorrow's show. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, then 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jay Lynn Nye. Have a uh, terrific Thursday. I'll rejoin you today at 5.35. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.